1: Pastor Keith Crosby of Hillside Church.
2: Take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For everyone who has will more be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And verse 30, and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You know, every person ends up in one of two destinations. I can
0: see the promised land Though there's pain within the plan There is victory in the end Your love is my battle cry The answer for all my life Every dragon will fall the mountains will move. every chain of the past. You've broken into all the fear of the lies. We're singing the truth that nothing is impossible with you. Oh, nothing is impossible.
1: Hello, and welcome to today's edition of the Grace to Live radio broadcast with Keith Crosby, Senior Pastor of Hillside Church in San Jose, California. We are so glad that you've chosen to spend this time with us today on the program. And as always, we would encourage you to follow along with us in your Bibles if you can. On today's edition of Grace to Live, Pastor Keith continues with his new teaching series entitled Impact. So if you have your Bibles, please turn with us today to the Gospel of Matthew, Chapter 25. Now here's Pastor Keith with today's study.
2: Today's message is entitled, Impact, Which Servant Are You? Uh, it's, uh, we're going to talk about the parable of the talents. Uh, and as we turn our attention that way in Matthew 25, I remember a conversation I had once with a person in another church, I, in one of the churches that I pastored in the past. She had been there, and she had been wanting to be active. But as you know, any church with a decent ecclesiology, uh, a right understanding of the doctrine of the church, we required membership to serve in an official capacity. I mean, you don't want people you don't know handling children and children's ministry or collecting an offering or whatever it is. And so, I invited her to join and to become a member of the church to use the gifts that God has given her, and she she had many. Uh, for the glory of God, for the good of others, and even her own growth. And I never will remember uh, what she said to me. She just kind of turned to me casually and said, Look, Pastor, these are my gifts, and I'll use them when and where and how I feel like it. And her her comment took my breath away. I, and I guess maybe her previous teachers and leaders are partly to blame, but her attitude... Uh, was sort of self-centered, and she clearly failed to understand that her gifts were not her own. Uh, They were on loan from God to be used. Her talents were to be used in the church, through the church. Uh, And to be fair, not everyone is so over the top sometimes, but what are we to think about those? How are we to think about those who will not deploy their talents and abilities in the service of Christ, their so-called spiritual gifts and abilities in the local church? There are some who say they have no time to serve because they're too busy. And truly, ours is a busy world. I think it was Martin Luther said that we are competing against the unholy trinity, the flesh, the devil, and the world system. And the world system, the culture in which we live today, certainly pulls us in many directions. But let's be honest. In God's economy, not having time to employ your talents in the Savior's service is an impossibility. It's, in some sense, unthinkable. I mean, suppose Christ, not to be irreverent or glib, skipped the cross. Suppose he was too busy. Not my, not thy will, Father, but my will. But our gracious Lord, he saved us and he equipped us to serve him and others. He's given us the talents we have, the abilities we have, whatever they are. You know, some people are out, in the, out, out front people. Some people are backstage people. But I'm reminded that as we often, I think the theological term is harp on here, that Christianity is not a spectator sport, it's a team sport, and like real football, not American football, but football, you know, um, everybody gets the ball at some point, right? Everybody, everybody gets to play who is born again, who is a member of the local church, and play their role in this unfolding drama of redemption and redemptive history where we each have our own little piece of redemptive real estate that God has given us to care for. We get to deploy our talents, our gifts, and abilities in accordance with the word of God, which brings us, of course, we to the parable of the talents, uh, which is part of the that Discourse, and we spent a lot of time there as we ended the book of Daniel and talked about the 70th week, and then we looked to Jesus to explain that seventieth week to us uh, we have been in matthew twenty five before so it should not be unfamiliar ground. We did not go through the parables. the parables in matthew twenty four and twenty five speak to living for urgency, living with expectancy for the return of the Savior, and not to be caught off guard and You have a, lots of discussions about the uh, the unwise you know the parable of the ten virgins, and some wor- weren 't really prepared for the grooms coming and some were, and you you know, you have the parable of the talents, you have the parable of the sheep and the goat, and there's a lot of talk about being ready, and there's a lot of talk about serving, and there's a lot of talk about weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus discusses the kingdom of heaven and the Son's return, and how and he provides us insights as to how the church should be during the church age, living with expectancy, engaged in the service of of the Savior, of the Master. And so you have these uh, discussions of the kingdom of heaven is like. And so let's look today at Matthew 24, excuse me, 25, starting in verse 14. I'm going to kind of walk you through this and make some comments as I do, and then we will get into the execution of the sermon, so to speak, the application. Matthew 24, 25, 14 talking about the kingdom of heaven, for it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, one, each, and don't miss this, each according to his ability. Then he went away. Now speaking of the kingdom of God, the man here represents Christ who has ascended, right, but not before giving his servants talents and abilities to be stewarded, responsibilities to be stewarded until he returns. God has entrusted to his people various gifts and talents and abilities to use for his glory, and he expects us to be deploying those talents until he returns. Verse 16, he who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also, he who had two talents made two talents more. But, but he who had received one talent went and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. What you're going to see here, is, you're going to see this set up and play it out here, the end of the parable is going to is going to resemble the separation of the sheep from the goats, which we've talked about before. There are those who are outwardly Christ's followers, and those who are Christ's followers who are sincerely His followers. Some are, you might say, Sunday through Saturday, twenty four seven Christians, and others are weekend warriors or spectators. You know, often we talk about minnows and guppies, right? Or minnows and excuse me, minnows and tadpoles. Minnows and tadpoles resemble each other. They have radically different DNAs, and as they develop, you see that they are not the same, although at some point they resemble one another. They end up in radically different places, one in the water, one on land, one is truly a fish, and one isn't. You're going to see that play out here in the parable. Verse 19, not after, now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Christ will return, and there will be rewards, and there will be judgment. What we have here is a picture of his return. Verse 20, And he who had received five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents, and here I have made five talents more. And his master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much." Enter into the joy of your master. Some would suggest that he's talking about the millennial kingdom where the saints will rule on earth. Verse 22. And he also, and also he who had five talents came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents and I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little and I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. One can't help but notice that those who deployed their gifts, deployed their talents, deployed their abilities, deployed their resources, received reward. Uh, And there are degrees of reward in heaven, just like, as we've talked about before, there are degrees of punishment in hell. But what we're going to see here in this last sermon, there are those who look like believers, tadpoles, who look like minnows, whose faith is not real, whose attitudes and actions reveal the heart, as does the maturation of a tadpole as it grows into a toad. And you begin to see true identity. You begin to see who you're dealing with here. It's tragic. Verse 24, he who had also received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, you have what is yours. Here's the goat, here's the tadpole. Uh, They never understood their master. Uh, Like some who see God as a God of do's and don'ts, who see Christianity as a list of rules uh, and only judgment, they fail to understand that a loving God judges and rewards And because they do not know this God, they have this skewed perception of him. They may have heard the gospel presentation. They may have learned it. They may have given up mental assent, but there is no soul surrender. There is no inward transformation. There is no love for God imbued and instilled by the Holy Spirit. I gave my testimony at Foundry Thursday night. And I explained to them that this was me at one point. I'd heard the gospel. I knew it. I knew what it said. I gave it mental assent. I even once evangelized somebody. It was funny. After I had evangelized, him, he goes, I've never ever heard it explained that way. Too bad you don't believe it. I can tell by the way you live. Not a good day at Black Rock. This is what you see here. You see somebody who's calling God his master, who's calling Christ his master, but by his level of commitment and the way he describes him, you know he doesn't know him. Oh, Again, verse 24. He who had received, the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. Verse 26, but his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant. You can tell things are going to go downhill from here. You knew, you knew that I reap where I have not sown, and gather where I have scattered no seed. He poses it as a question here in English. If you knew this, then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I should have received what, what was my own with interest. There's a lot going on here. And I'm not going to unpack it all. But basically, the master, the master says... If you really believed what you just said, if you honestly believed that, at minimum, you would have made sure you had something to show at my return. It's, it's like he says, if you really thought that, doesn't it seem that you would have done more with what I gave you? It's kind of an, my favorite words in life are, if, then, therefore. And he's saying to the servant, if, then, you believe that, therefore, I would have more you would have been more dedicated to me. The master of Christ continues, verse 28. Take the talent from him and give it to him who has 10 talents. For everyone who has will more be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And verse 30, and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping, and gnashing of teeth you know every person ends up in one of two destinations right heaven or hell and you what you see here is a picture of someone kind of a lord lord did we not do many things in your name and he says depart from me i never knew you matthew seven twenty one through 23 this is what you have going on here in a matter of speaking you know jesus said by their fruit you will know them the Son of Man came to not to be served, but to serve, and those who follow him serve. We are to follow his example. It's about time and talents, and when our time is up, we'll be known by our fruit. That will be our epitaph, as we talked about last week. Jesus said that it's the Father's will that we bear much fruit, and that fruit remain. And that, of course, is the, the fruit, the treasure that we lay up in heaven. And outwardly, to one degree or another... A living faith is demonstrated by our loyal love and service to God, indicated by our use of our talents that he's loaned us. And we see there are degrees of reward, right? God has planted you where you are with the talents that you have, and he wants you to blossom. Where he plants us, he wants us to actively serve. We have been raised up, as we've talked about again and again over the years, for such a time as this. The world has come to San Jose. There are people here, people groups that cannot be reached. They're from closed countries. And we are here to make an impact for the kingdom. With our time, as we talked about last week, and as we're talking about this week, with our talents. Last week, we talked about time. And today, what I want to do is really to challenge you, to encourage you, to consider three actions that you should take, that you can take, when it comes to whether or not you're using your talents, your spiritual gifts, your abilities, including time, in and through the local church. The local church is the pillar and foundation of the truth. So the first action is this. I'd like you to consider. Consider that God has given you something that is his to take care of. So handle it with care. We have to remember that we are not our own. We've been purchased, right, at so great a price as the sacrifice of the Son of God, and we are God's servants as we claim to be. we are stewards, not owners, we are caretakers, and so we are to serve Him. We see this in Matthew 25: 14 and 15. For it will be like the son of, it will be like a man, kingdom of heaven, going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one. To each one according to his ability, then he went away. In our case, like their case, God has called you to himself. He has summoned you, you know, he has saved you. Verse 14, he's entrusted to them property. Verse 15, he's entrusted it to their care, talents. And And then he went away, no doubt they expected him to return one day. So it is with Christ. We are his servants. We are his sheep. What you have is what he has entrusted to you to care for until he returns or calls you home. Your talents, your abilities, your resources, your wealth, whatever it is, is on loan from God, bestowed by God. To one he gave. He gave five talents. To another to another one, two, to another one, one. And also notice this, to each according to his ability. You are not out of your depth because God is never out of his depth. He knows what you can handle. He knows your frame is dust, as we read in the scripture reading. And so he gives you what you need. It says, then he went away. See your gifts as his and handle them with care. Paul will later write to the unruly and raucous church at Corinth You only have what you've received, why you regard yourselves as special. Why do you act like you didn't receive it? Everything they had with all their intellect and wealth and ability in Corinth was a gift from God. And they acted superior. None of us are superior. In a manner of speaking, me and you, us, we are ditch diggers for Christ. We're like shovels. And so we need to be careful. And he's warning them and us by extension that what we have is not ours. We are caretakers, stewards. Therefore, the gifts of God are to, be, are to be deployed for his purposes. Our talents, small and large as they may be, are on loan from God. You know, it's like when somebody lends you a tool or a wrench, and men, I hope you do return them, or, 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 you know, pots, whatever they lend you, you know, you take good care of it, you use it carefully, and then you return it. That's the way we're supposed to be. And we are, I'm reminded that we're like, well, I can't do this. This is too big. I mean, you even heard the testimony of the Smiths here where Prissy thought she was out of her depth, but God showed up and God provided, each according to our ability. You know, in James, it talks about how trials test and exercise our faith. And when we, do, when we lack the ability, if we lack wisdom, we ask of God who gives to all generously without reproach. So it is. That's reality. I'm reminded that you see this same statement made later on in uh, 1 Corinthians twelve seven when it talks about spiritual gifts. To each of us is given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Your talents have a larger purpose. They're not really your talents. And, and, and in verse 11 of 1 Corinthians 12, it says this, All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he, God, wills. And as it says in the parable of talents, according to our abilities, right-sized, you might say, each according to his ability. Cognizant of that fact, our spiritual gifts and abilities and talents are, in fact, gifts. In other words, sometimes people get hung up that they think they're very gifted and they're very special and they can only serve where they want to serve. And the gifts that you have were given to you, the talents that you're given given to you despite how undeserving you are. It's just like salvation. It, it, it's a grace that you have an ability. Use it. We always receive from God better than we deserve, don't we? So I guess by way of many application, God has given you something to take care of. Handle it with care. And so maybe ask yourself some questions. Uh, make, maybe you survey the landscape of your ministry. And you take an inventory of the gifts and abilities that God has granted you, and you ask yourself, how, how am I deploying them? Am I doing so actively, thoughtfully, deliberately, or is it complacently, passively? What would He say if He returned tomorrow and you found yourself in the position of these men in the parable of the talents? Do not let your gifts and abilities, do not let your talents go to seed. So action one, God has given you something to take care of that is his, handle with care. Action two. Action two is this, therefore, if then therefore, right, make the most of the gifts and abilities for the glory of God, for the good of others, and yes, your own growth. Our service to God is worship. Everything we say, think, and do is worship. And he has given us talents with which to worship him. And when we worship him, stuff happens, okay? Uh, Matthew 25, 20 to 23. Stuff is an Ugaritic term, which means things happen, right? But anyway, I digress. Verse 20, and he who had received five talents came forward bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me, you gave me talents. Now, a talent in those days was money, but here, the play on the words is unmistakable, comes through in the English. And here I have five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little, I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master.